Alright, welcome Marcus. Yo, this is a this is an important episode. Uncomfortable conversation, episode four, with my man Marcus. Um, we picked you especially for today, because we see the work that you do. Um, not just with MSARS, um, but typically with any socially conscious topic. I think you're somebody that we look to for valid information, for accurate information. Because we trust that you've done the work, right? Like, and even though that means that we're looking to someone else to do the work. <laughs> sure. I mean, but like, it's also, you know, this is someone that we know who is part of our, who's maybe my guy, right. or whatever, and I know that I can go to him for that. So we brought you here today to the table to talk about the language of love. Um, for black men, how that relates with our relationships with black women. Um, and I'm just going to talk about how we got here to this topic. First episode was safe spaces, you know, with psychological and emotional and physical safe spaces as well. Um, what does that look like? How do we create them? Um, and that led to emotional labor. And, you know, like how much emotional labor do we do as black men? And how much emotional labor do we put on black women who are trying to create for themselves those safe spaces that we talked about in episode one? Um, and then that took us to the next, like, really fire topic who raised you because then they wanted to see okay we talked about these issues but like where did they stem from you know from childhood with our relationships with our parents how that impacts us as we grow older and how that shapes the legacy that we want to leave for our, our, our black kids is it like a legacy of shame of forgiveness of an understanding of self and the ability to change and be who you actually want to be um but with all of that you got to be able to communicate yourself right like your identity um, and part of that is communicating love. Um, and so that brought us here today to the language, the language of love. Um, but before we get into the topic, Marcus, please introduce yourself. Oh, interesting. Hi, Marcus. Um, I don't know, like, these are always hard questions to answer because it's like, what part, right? Um, let me see. I guess I'm... It's so hard. Like, what is the identity, right? I guess I'm a software engineer slash photographer on the side. Um, just kind of a person living in Toronto and like getting through life like everybody else, I guess. Um, and yeah, that's it. Marcus, the engineer, software engineer, and photographer in Toronto. Okay, well, I might as well just dive right into it. It's like, you know, we're talking about definitions, how you define yourself. And there's, I mean, I think the right way to start this is to try and define love. And like, this is like, they think a, like a topic or a theme that people live their whole lives trying to figure out. Right. But where you are right now, at your current age, current job, whatever, um, how would you define love for yourself? Mm. So the thing about love is, it's interesting because like one of the things that I've seen recently, and I don't know if, I wouldn't really say it's my definition, but it's the definition that I've accepted. Mm. It's kind of, um, love is kind of a choice that you make, right? A decision that you make to commit to another person. And one of the tweets that I actually saw earlier today was kind of talking about how it's really just kind of accepting that you're going to continually inconvenience yourself mm. on behalf of somebody else, right? So just kind of the acceptance of um, taking some sort of inconvenience just to make somebody else's life that much better and committing to that person knowing that you guys are somehow making a partnership that's supposed to 
last together and like you just kind of need that safe space actually mm. so, so to speak where you like you're both in this together and like you're not worrying about this other person somehow hurting you right you shouldn't be ideally so in an ideal world i, I would say that that's what love is that, that commitment hmm. i like i like the commitment because if you think about like you talk about self-love mm. love for your family love for your friends love for your partner um there's the commitment there's also the inconvenience mm piece that i think is like super key because i've never thought about if i was thinking about oh i'm spending this time focusing on self-love um but i never thought that it meant i would have to inconvenience myself right. because it, like i actually do i have to take <laughs> myself out of my comfort zone to be able to get to the places i want to get to achieve the goals i want to achieve be the person that i want to be so like that's a that's a great definition um of love i let me see how would i how would i define love um, where I'm at right now in life, I, f- I feel like it's this, it's this like acceptance of, of people, of where, where they are in life and their willingness or ability to be different, right. their capabilities, you know, their challenges that they face and how that has shaped them. And like, for me, it just means saying that you'll find like, I accept that, like, as you are. Um, I'm not going to force change. Will encourage it if I feel like that's the path that you should be right. you should be on. But I also have to respect that you're on your own journey. And then if I have to internalize that for myself, it means that like you have to like forgive myself for the times that I'm not pushing myself hard enough. Right? Like I have to be compassionate, things like that. Um, so yo, I'm taking that definition away today. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was talking to Esquire before we started this um, and we define love for ourselves as well. And I thought about like, how would you define love within your black community? Like if you were to think about that. Yeah. So that's a really interesting one, I think for me, because only like somehow growing up and I think growing up in Nigeria, like, you know, race is not really something that we think about by default, right? It's kind of like you grow up in a mostly black community and, you kind of know that <laughs> white people exist. Mm. And unfortunately, like even just growing up in Nigeria where everybody is black, like you do see that white people somehow get preferential treatment even in Nigeria. So it's like you're kind of aware that there is some sort of difference between that. But um I guess leaving Nigeria like throughout the years, like going around and like seeing the broader world and all that stuff, um, race is something that becomes more and more important to think about because you kind of start off being shielded in like it's not really a topic and then it becomes like everything. It becomes mm-hmm. like a huge part of your identity. So black love is kind of, um, for me, identifying the fact that like, I do belong to this community of people who, like, regardless of how you personally might feel about, you know, the way black people are treated in the world. Like you kind of, you, you are black. Mm-hmm. And like, when you show up in summer in the world, you're going to be identified almost immediately firstly by your skin color. So the perception of black people is important because it affects you directly, whether you, participate or do anything in it at all so black love will be just like again going back to like accepting that this is actually our our reality right like we are black people and we do exist in these spaces and we need to kind of look out for each other because the way the world is set up right now we don't really have that you know reliance on other people nobody can really depend on but ourselves unfortunately obviously like they're allies and stuff but the core community is the black people so just like accepting us for us and 
it's kind of like protecting each other and like fighting for better for all of us collectively. Hmm. Okay. 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 There's a there's a piece of um, fighting for ourselves. When you think about your community, you want to protect the community, right? Like, but there's like, if we now like let's widen that a little bit to say Canada, right? Like, and that's inclusive of all races, of all cultural identities. Um, and you think about like, if a if a white person was to say, "Yo, I love us," kind of thing, the same way black people say, "I love us," right? Like, what what does that mean to you? Like, the maybe the difference between or the similarities between "I love us" as a white person, yeah, "I love us" as a black person. So, like, that's actually a really interesting question because, though, again, like with that shielding, right? Um, that we get early on in life, like growing up in like black nations, like 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 you know countries in Africa and stuff, where it's mostly black people. When you say us, mm. it's like it is other black people, and like that is just like the community that's like around. That's kind of like the default. And what's interesting is when you come to places like Canada, like North America, or like yeah, North America in general, the default is white, mm. right? Even though like <laughs> it wasn't, but it is white yeah. now. So it's the same way, like in, in America, for example, when you, if you just describe an American, if you just see someone as American, almost like somewhere in the back of your mind, like your first image is a white person. Mm. But for you to be a black person who's also American, all of a sudden you have to be African-American. There has to be some sort of attachment to it. You never hear people that are European-American. You only hear of African-Americans or, you know, like Asian-American or like right. some, some other kind yeah. of American, but mm. not American. American is white. So if we were in a community like Canada where a white person says, I love us, it is kind of still attaching. Like, us doesn't really include us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not really a universal us. And it it's like, it's a choice that was made for everybody in the world right now a long time ago by other people. And like, we've had to like live with that this entire time. So by default, us doesn't really include the black community. The black community has to now it's forced to have its own identity. So when a black person says, I love us, it's almost like it has to mean just the black people Mm -hmm. or like it has to mean specifically black people. And like, ideally we would get to a place where us does mean everybody, Mm -hmm. but everything is so like fragmented right now where like those groups are kind of like isolated and siloed off into their own selves. I like, I like, I like where you went with that, um, where it has to mean us because if it doesn't, it means that we're now starting to consider other people's plights where it's like, dog, our plight is heavy enough. Right. Um, and so now I want to take that thought and throw it into the mix of black men and black women. When you might be chilling with your guys and you just have to man, like, I love these guys, fam. These are my, these are my, my niggas, whatever, yeah. right? Like, like, you love them. And I think about the relationship between black men and black women and you think about the relationship between white people and black people right oppression right right when a group of black women has to like have to say they love themselves Mm -hmm. is that also the same way that we as a black community have to say we love ourselves because we have to like shield ourselves from the danger of oppression that comes from white people so yes I don't know. Because, um, yes, because ultimately it is the same thing. Like, I think that is the thing that most people don't seem to realize. Like, when we Mm -hmm. talk about oppression, we're really talking about the same thing. Like, the systems are all different, right? You have racism 
And then you have stuff like, you know, sexism, which is like a huge thing on its own. It's like the system changes, but the actual form of the oppression doesn't change. It's like at, mm. at its basic form, it's still one group somehow deciding themselves superior and then somehow deciding the other group as lesser and somehow there has to be a clash, whatever, whatever. These, this one group has to be preserved above mm-hmm. the other ones. So there is that fragmentation, like I said, where it's like you, you, you get like, you kind of get shifted into these groups and like the groups kind of get smaller and smaller. Like you start off as like all human beings, but then yeah. you have like different races, which is like one of the top um, parts of your identity. And then you, you have like black people, but within the black community, like you have black men, black women, and like everybody else. Right. And um, it's, it's like, even within the group of black people, one of the, one of the like um, superior, like overarching forms of oppression is still, you know, patriarchy and like, misogyny and like sexism ultimately so even if you do have a group of black people you still have men and Mm. you still have women and you still have men still trying to assert themselves above women regardless of the subdivision that we're in right now so even within this group of black people there are still smaller groups within our group like we're talking about women talking about like transgender we're talking about like there's so many other groups within us that are also oppressed even by us Mm. so it's definitely different because like they have to also separate their struggles. Like as much as like, even when we think about what's going on in Nigeria right now. Right. And um, when, when people were going out and like, you know, fighting for NSARS and like going out to the protests, most people were going out with the logic of we're going out to fight the police or we're going out to fight against police brutality and like speak out against the government and stuff. But then on the same time, the black women that were going out also Mm. had to have the extra burden of, okay, well, I'm fighting this thing, but I also still have to protect myself because right, right. those dangers don't just go away just because right. we're all somehow on the same page. And we were never really all on the same page because some issues came up throughout the, the entire thing, right? And like all sorts of division. And it gets to a point where it's like, no matter what, as a woman, you're kind of fighting two battles because you're fighting whatever it is you're fighting, but you're also still fighting that ultimate mm-hmm. overarching form of supremacy. So it is, it is different. It is the same in that there has to be a separation from the others because you're fighting a different battle. And it's different because like the things that black women do have to face, black men don't have to face. There is like an overlap in like our blackness, but mm-hmm. there is still a division in our sex. Wow. There's not like the comparison of oppression and even though it, it looks different, racism, sexism, I do. I feel like it's it's often hard for people to grasp, right? Right, like especially when you're the oppressor in this subdivision, right? Like it's we often have to tell black men, "Hey, man, this is like a white man like being racist towards yeah, you. Like you see this right? thing you are doing, like yeah. you hate it when this person exactly. So like, why are you doing this right now? Um, and I want like it leads me to like think about like, okay, so love, right? Like love also means protection. Right. Like if I say I love I love us as black people, why am I why is it so hard for me to to recognize that my behaviors towards black women are dangerous? You know, or the way that I feel like I'm trying to communicate love towards this black woman is dangerous. And okay, I'm saying black women. I also want to again for I don't I, I don't want to exclude other identities in the yeah. black community, the black trans women, trans men as well. Um, and I know specifically uncomfortable conversations is between black men and black women, but I I have to, I have to state that. Um, but I want to like it's 
I don't know, man. It's, it's something that has, has sat on me for a while as mm-hmm. to why it's so hard for us to understand. Yeah. I think it's weird because, like, humanity is kind of deeply flawed on its own because as much as, like, we can recognize oppression and say, okay, this thing is bad in that situation, the unfortunate truth, and, like, we kind of see this, again, like I said, we saw this, like, during the Antars protests as well, people want to end oppression for themselves. Like, they don't mm-hmm. want to be oppressed. Nobody wants to be oppressed. But then somehow it's like really easy for you to flip that and like oppress somebody else as long as it's not you. So like human beings kind of have a very self-centered view of the world where it's like, I shouldn't be oppressed. I don't deserve oppression. But then like, all right, maybe I'll dish it out a little bit to somebody else on the side. And Mm. like, that's kind of the part that's messed up because it's like you want to end it for yourself, but not Mm. really for everybody. And if it's going to be for everybody, then that becomes a problem for like a lot of people. You look at even as far back as like, america like even when america was first coming together like with you know they still had slavery and everything but what they were doing at the time was trying to rebel from the british and be like oh we deserve our own independence we shouldn't be ruled over but at the same time they're like oppressing other people the hypocrisy of that like that same relationship continues to transfer even down to today where it's like black people want to be free of oppression because Mm. we're black people but then we don't really want it for everybody like Mm. people want it for maybe black men, mm. but then because the um, system of oppression, when it comes to like sexism still exists and like patriarchy still exists, okay, the man still has to somehow have some sort of power over the other person. And I think at its core, it comes because like we struggle with, and this actually goes back to like, you know, even when I think about love itself, like one of the most important ingredients is to kind of see the other person as a person. Mm. And a lot of people don't do that because like you get online and like people talk about like, yo, you know, like, sexual assault is bad. Like, imagine if it were your sister or something, right? And it's like, you have to attach a yeah. some sort of personal, you know, reasoning to to, to that. You it's, it's hard for people to see someone as just an individual, just a person who mm. deserves to, like, be able to have their own safe space and not have that intruded just because you feel like you're able to do that. So it's like, even as much as like, we can identify Black people as people who deserve to be free of oppression, you still see women or some other subdivision even within your group as a little bit lesser in some mm. in some capacity so maybe they do deserve a little bit of, of like oppression and like that's kind of how we end up in these situations it's messed up <laughs> it truly, it truly, <laughs> yeah it truly is that's what i was, I was like damn that's that is it truly crazy. it truly is and it's 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 weird because um there's no reason for it mm. to kind of be this way like we kind of get comfortable in things that are normal mm. um without really looking back and like understanding where it originated from and like why it originated in the first place. It's just like, well, it's always kind of been this way. So this is kind of what I feel comfortable doing. So, I mean, I'm just going to go with it and we kind of perpetuate these things over time. And like, you look back at history and a lot has changed. Like I'm not going to pretend that there's no difference in the quality of life for black people now versus like a mm-hmm. hundred years ago. Of course, things are different, but in yeah. many ways, things are exactly the same. Like a lot of things just haven't changed. A lot of things have, and a lot of things haven't. And it's like, we are the people you know, living, like, nobody alive today was alive 100 years ago, like, well, 200 years ago plus, right? But we're still carrying on that culture, so to speak, and bringing it forward every single time we populate or whatever. Like, whoever is alive for this time slice, so it's right, 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 at this time, right. we could just do something different. But for some reason, like, we're so willing to just hold on to, to like, even the negative parts from the past. Speaking on that, there's... You mentioned something earlier on about power, and I want to sort of explore the relationship between love and power. Mm. And 
than thinking about how if I well if I live for the next fifty years, I have a responsibility to not let the world in fifty years be as it is now. Absolutely. Right? Like at least within the my sphere of change. Right. Right. Like exactly. of, of influence. Um let's like dive into the black community and talk about love and power right. and that sphere of change as black men. Like how do we like how do we start to think about love as a what's the, like a letting go of power of sharing of power right you know so that like life can be better for other people so that i don't have to compare this person to my sister just to understand yeah. their humanity yeah. right like yeah. like what like what kind of like what what happened to us for us to have to like have to go through that entire process right it's interesting because i guess like if you were to look back into the past and like try and like trace the origins of where this whole thing started like i don't know where it started but i can almost guarantee that it started with you know yeah <laughs> you know it's at the end of the day like things kind of always tie back to like imperialism colonialism and like it goes into like racism like these things are always so well interconnected and we kind of live in the now and kind of forget the origins of a lot of these things like even behaviors towards like men and women mm. Um, even back when, like, the world was kind of, like, thriving off of, like, enslaved people, like, um, even, even back then, that dynamic of men and women was, was still different. Like, men were still looked at as still superior for mm-hmm. whatever reason, like, looking down on women. And, like, that same dynamic of somebody being superior is what they then, you know, escalated to a slavery. And then it's like, okay, well, like, now we can collectively be white people and look down mm-hmm. on these people. And it keeps growing and going forward. And what they taught them as as like as a slave, like um, you're you kind of only have one reference, which is like your master, like whatever, like how they behave, right? And that's kind of like your view of the world because they kind mm. of block you from everything else. And you see them treat women negatively. You see them isolate the men from the women, even in like within the slave populations. And like that kind of is like reinforcing that like you know men and women are somehow different or like on different levels are useful for different things, and that. Um, separation that's kind of like truly unnecessary because like there is no logic behind like why people think a man can do something better than a woman can do like it really doesn't make any sense at the core but like people don't really care about like the logical aspect yeah, it's yeah. like well i mean like this hierarchy I just can exists. justify this right right and it's like it's the exact same thing and like it just it carries over and like it brings us here and it stems right now it's because like going back like until we can actually see the other person if you're in a relationship or two, you can actually see your partner as an individual who actually mm. deserves to be happy, who's actually making that same commitment of love to you. You know, like the, someone is actually saying, okay, you know what? Like I'm willing to inconvenience myself. Mm. I'm willing to, you know, step back and like put myself in a less favorable position to make this other person happy. You know that somebody has made that commitment to you that you've apparently made to them as well. Mm. And if you respect them as an individual, as a person who has made that choice and decided to, you know, like push all their weight and bank on you, then like you wouldn't then go forward and like try to disrespect them or like try to oppress them in any way. But it's like because we're not willing to identify other people as equals or other people as like human beings, ultimately, like... That is why we continue to have these same problems. As long as we keep thinking that there is some sort of difference, which like has been proven again and again to not exist, we're gonna keep holding on to the same stuff. Yeah. I, that was pause. Um, <laughs> I have 
Yeah, you look like you're ready to talk, man. I didn't, I didn't want to go on. I wanted, I wanted to give you your chance as well. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put together what I want to say in my head because you draw such an interesting comparison. I didn't expect you to do it between power and love. Yeah. And it reminded me of a book I read, which if you've interacted with me in the last year, I've probably bored you to death with this book. It's called The Way for Love. It's by a, a J-Sweet priest called Anthony DeMello. And something he does very early in the book is try to describe things for you, a worldly feeling mm. and a soul feeling, right? Um, and he, he starts, he says, remember the time when you felt powerful, mm. you were the boss, you know, and if you ever worked in a job where you were a manager or some sort, you know, mm. you, you have that bit of power over yeah. your, your employee, right? So you know the feeling when you get to tell them what to do. Not saying you abuse it, but you know the feeling, yeah. you recognize that feeling. So that's a power feeling, right? That's, he describes that as a worldly feeling. Um, and a soul feeling would be like, we're hanging out with your guys. Mm. Where it's just like, you just described, you love your boys. Like, it's just chill. Like, we're sharing a meal or you're, um, you're playing games or whatever. That's a soul feeling. Um, and it says like, and he, he compares that to the scripture and he says, um, how can a man gain the world and lose his soul? Right. And that sounds, for me, that's the perfect comparison between power and love, right? Yeah. Like when you chase the world, you chase power, but you lose your soul. You yeah. lose love. Yeah. Right? Um, and that for me, just like, that's the perfect circle. Of like that's perfect. You just said yeah, right there. I love that actually because like I, I have heard that quote and like mm-hmm. it's it's good to actually yeah you're right like putting it in context that way just makes it so much clearer definitely wow. absolutely hundred percent agree. Yo, thank you for that, man. No, thank you, man. You draw that. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah, you, thank yeah. you for that because like before Marcus finished, like I'm thinking about the black man in the middle of white man on the left, right? Black woman on the right, yes, and I'm learning as the black man, if we go back to slavery, mm-hmm. that this is how the people in power treat the lesser. Exactly. And I now see that the person next to me, quote unquote, is now the lesser. Mm-hmm. So I've learned from here that this is how to treat, this is what love looks like. This is what the person who cares for me, yeah, who owns exactly. me, who has bought me, like treats me. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Now I'm going to perpetrate this for the next hundred years. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. I imagine that's like basically how it went down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, it's, it's, it's blowing my mind a little bit. And then like, I just want to like, like it, it leads to the next question is like, how do you recognize love for yourself? When love is being given to you, like, how do you know that it's being given? right when you think about that connection between white man oppressor oppressed and you are both oppressor and oppressed in the middle like as a black man who has grown up in a black nation and now living his life in in a multicultural in the west whatever like you know how how has have you been able to recognize love Hmm. i think it's tough it's like now that I, I'm forced to think about it, I can't even, I don't think that there's a, obviously there is no one shot way to like say, okay, yeah, this is love. But if we go back to the definition of it being um, a, first of all, a choice that somebody has made mm. to um, back you in whatever way, like, I think as human beings, um, we do kind of want, we do want like um, affirmation from other people that, you know, somehow they have you kind of want to know that people are supporting you You want to know that people care about you and all these things um i think love will be easier to recognize if you think about it that way because it's like it's not easy to 
love somebody it's not easy to sacrifice yourself for somebody else or like to basically learn enough about a person to find out what makes them happy and Mm. go out of your way to ensure that you're doing those things and when you notice that somebody is willing to do all that stuff for you like somebody is willing to again and again throw themselves under the bus just so that you can be okay not necessarily saying that love always has to be a thing of like i have to make a sacrifice yeah Yeah. necessarily always have to be that way but the truth is that it does kind of end up that way because I think we are inherently selfish. Like everybody wants to be for themselves. Everybody wants the best for themselves. But then now that you've wanted the best for somebody else and you're actively chasing that, I think anybody can recognize that, okay, this person is kind of going the extra mile for me. This person Mm -hmm. is doing things for me that I might not be doing for other people. In that sense, you're able to identify that like, I get, you know, like this is love. It's not, you know, all love is different, but even just the, even just the idea of like caring enough for a person is easy to recognize. And I think that we do know when it's there, but it's like, whether you choose to value that or not is the actual issue. Whether or not you choose to value that. I like that you said that because initially when you were saying being able to recognize that someone is like putting themselves on the line or like maybe giving something up so that you can Mm -hmm. like be happy. I also think about people who are unable to understand that as love, Mm -hmm. right? Like, who have experienced love in an entirely different way, Fair, yeah. right? Like where peace seems like chaos, right? And I'm quoting these guys too from earlier, like, boy, <laughs> you know. But like, so. it's, <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true. And I'll be honest. I say that like, there's times where like things have been going good, you know, relationally, right? And I'm just fuck <laughs> this feels weird right? yes, like, yeah. and again that just comes from maybe not being able to see that this is what love should feel like yeah. right like it doesn't even have to be romantic it can be between like friends yeah. and like being able to call up a friend and tell them the worst parts of you or the scariest parts of you and have them affirm that the vulnerability yeah. like and you know like you just seem like damn man like it wasn't as scary as i, as I, mm-hmm. as I thought it was gonna be you know? yeah. like where, where, where do we get to that place as black women black men rather to be able to do that for black women yeah. right like where i can say that fam like i'm going to entirely let all of this down because even though it's scary like the, i think is the thought of it being scary is worse than like yeah how it actually yeah. is you know mm-hmm. right like how do i allow myself to witness and affirm this person's humanity without thinking it makes me less than I am. Right. Right, so like, I'm just wondering, man, like, how do we get to that place as black men where we feel safe, vulnerable enough to say we want to, you know, witness and affirm this other person's humanity without feeling that it makes us less than? Right. Again, like, it's funny how much stuff I see on Twitter, but I once saw a tweet that said something like, um, you know, before marriage, everyone should go through therapy and make sure you fix your shit before you bring in a new life and all all that stuff, right? And I think um, in order for you to get to that point where you can actually, like, recognize healthy love, I guess, Mm. because you you made a a really great point about, like, some people have a view on, on love that is, like, maybe not the best and, like, it's hard to identify with what you know seems to be obvious love because mm. that is not what they're used to so it's like i guess getting yourself to a point where you are 
better at identifying what it should be versus what you were raised on or like what you thought it should be um it's definitely a key because like of course how are you going to know how to love somebody else if you can't love yourself right like they say it all the time um shout out to paul <laughs> but, um, yeah because it's like you you definitely do need to somehow get that sense of like self-love and everything and i like recognize it in yourself before you can recognize in somebody else mm. so i would say that that is like a key component if if you're at a stage where you don't really know what love should be then you kind of do need to like realize that on your own because it's almost unfair for you to try and rope somebody in and like have them teach you and mm. then somehow also supply the love at the same time it's almost too much to emotional put labor. on one person yeah emotional labor what do you say for I'm a little taken aback. Um, I don't think that's not the right way to say it, but like, um, you can only love others when you love yourself, mm. right? It was what you were saying. Um, which takes me back to your earlier point about love as sacrifice. But then as soon as he said that, I was like, love is acceptance. Mm. So which one is it? Yeah. You know? Um, like, which one is it? Cause can it be both? Um, but when you said love as sacrifice, when you were describing, um, you know, love being a place, getting yourself to a point, where you're like, you know what, I can sacrifice this so this person I love can X, Y, Z. Um, and I kind of hear that and I was like, ugh. Because, like, again, this guy that I read is like, love can only exist in freedom. Mm-hmm. It was like, that was his whole thing. And I hear that and I'm like, if you're making sacrifices, then you're not free. Right. So is that really love? Ooh, fair. Bruh. Great. Right? Great question, man. So, so then I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at that and then you said you can only love yourself and I'm thinking about acceptance and I'm thinking sacrifice and I'm thinking freedom. I'm like asking, am I free to accept myself? Right. Because if I'm free to accept myself then I'm loving myself and then I can then love you in that same way. So I think it's all kind of connected. Yeah. I, yeah. I just got it twisted. No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. They're all connected and somehow they all need to coexist because mm-hmm. like yeah. they can't really exist independently. They all somehow need to fit together, even though they seem like they don't really match up. But um, I think the thing about the sacrifice part is it's not always something as obvious as like, oh, you know, I, I have to lose something today. I have to not, um, I don't know, achieve this goal and I need to focus on doing this. It's not necessarily a thing of like a big, I need to actually lose something. It's just kind of, I think you, if you think about it realistically, it's the reality of life. Like for you to wake up in the morning and like make breakfast for somebody else. That's like a sacrifice of your time, mm-hmm. right? It's not necessarily a thing of like, I've had to, oh, you know, lose a limb or something, but it's mm-hmm. like, you've still kind of given up something. You've given up some some, some um, um, form of comfort for yourself, for somebody else, right? You've gone the extra mile to do that. And I think that like by design, like even just like doing something like going out and getting somebody else a gift, like that's a sacrifice of your money. Right. It's like it might not be much depending on what it is, but it's like it's something that you probably wouldn't have spent if you were on your own. Mm. If you didn't have somebody else to care for, you wouldn't have done that. But now you've gone the extra mile and done that. So you are still making sacrifices by design, by just like interacting in this love thing. Um, At the same time, yeah, there is freedom. There is freedom, but it's like you don't want to be like, oh, you know, I'm free. I'm going to just do whatever and I only care about myself like there. There is like, I guess it's almost a sacrifice of that entire freedom and that I can't just wake up and do whatever I want to do. I have another person that I need to care about. So that is like that kind of like codependence on those two properties as well. So I guess like they all kind of coexist in some way. And we just need to naturally come to come to a balance. Yo, that was a very heavy hitting point. Yeah. That like 
sacrifice, acceptance, freedom, like, ah, man, because that, like, it's it sucks when someone sacrifices something for you in the name of love and then hoards it over you, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's, right? it's not, then, then you're not now free, right? Yeah. Because you're now bound to this person. That's true. Where should have been a selfless act? Yeah, but now it's like, dude, like, are you like, what the hell? <laughs> like, why am I? Like, why does this feel like change, bro? <laughs> why does this feel like, like yeah. so? Yeah. I, I like, I, I want to go to the love for self as black men, mm. sacrifice, acceptance, freedom, like. I, okay, you know, I'm going to make this a little bit more personal in terms of work that I'm doing for myself. To be able to, like this period I'm in right now in life is hard because I've forced myself to be still. And like, by that I mean to stop looking to outside sources as a place of refuge, as a place of like where I should be able to be breathing and like getting life from. Because it often means that I come back home to me and all those problems are still there. Yeah. Like so the sacrifice is going through that tough period of staying still. Like the other day I was thinking about it, it's like it feels like standing in the middle of a storm in the ocean and having all the waves constantly hit. I'm mm. saying, like, you know what? Like, this is gonna pass. Like, I'll be better for it once as as opposed to just like dipping. I'm like, ah, I don't want to do these problems today. Yeah. Cool. So now I've made that sacrifice for myself. But within doing that, like, so many things start to come up for me, right? Like, because I'm like, shit, man, all these behaviors I've been running away from, all these patterns, like, <laughs> yeah, all these, like, things, like, damn, man, it's all, like, falling down at the same time. But, like, there is so much acceptance of self mm-hmm. that is needed during that period, Yeah, right? Like, not just for me, because sometimes, man, like, the negative self-talk is louder than I can, like, so like i also when i talked about being able to call up a friend and having the love from a friend to be able to say you like i know like what you're thinking sucks right now but like i affirm you like right. like all the bad parts of you are still okay mm. right like and having that acceptance from other people is a beautiful thing and i think about like never feeling like i could be vulnerable enough to tell anybody about those bad parts but tell myself because it meant having to deal with them and having to deal with the fear of not being accepted for them. Mm-hmm. And then if I can get through that period and the waves calm down, then that's when like the freedom starts to hit where like, where I can do this sacrificial part for myself over and over again. And it doesn't feel like I'm doing such a hard thing. Like it feels free because I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like It's cool. Like it's better for me. And so if I now think, my relationship with black women, I need to make sacrifices. But it doesn't, it shouldn't, like, I shouldn't be reminding myself that it's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like, shouldn't feel like a sacrifice. I need to get <laughs> to the point where it feels free yeah. to do this thing for you, yeah. whether it's a romantic gesture or it's just the simple act of letting you know that I see you. Like, your your struggles as a black woman, even though they're not my experiences, mm-hmm. are extremely real and okay, right? Like, I'm not shutting them down, but yeah. it was like, where, when do we get to that point, right? Like, mm. and are we okay with letting ourselves sit in the waves? Mm. And like, the same way we want white people to hear and, you know, reflect on racism constantly. Mm. 
are we willing to do that yeah. for ourselves and for the people we claim to care for? Right. That's like that was what I took from that sacrifice. I was just like, oh, more. what is this? Yeah, like, yeah. you put it in a circle so nice, man. Yep. Thank you so much for that. That was amazing. That was amazing. Because from the sacrifice, you learn to accept, and then from acceptance, come that freedom. Yep. Oof. Jesus. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> no, I mean, that, like, shout out to who's, who's the author? Anthony DeVello. Yeah, Go whatever, buy man. <laughs> shout out to that oh, guy, that's, man. That's, that's incredible. That's inc- and, and, and you're, thinking, you're asking all these questions about why don't we do that, or how do we get to the point of this? And like, initially, I was going to connect it back to, to society, and one of the main questions we wanted to ask today is, like, what do you see as love? Mm. And I think the reality is we know we're here having this conversation. Most of the black men in our lives do not see what we're talking about right now mm. as love. Mm. You know, what we see as love is what we were, I say what we were raised with. Right, yeah. I, I hate to blame, yeah. put blame on a It's reality. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like, you yeah. know, love as service, love as mm. all these other things yeah. that really do not connect to what you're talking about right yeah. now, right? So um, it's, it's mm. like, it's until. At least for me, it was until a catastrophic moment in my life where I was like, oh, I have to sit and take these waves, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so fascinating you said this still thing, because I, re- I can remember the day I looked my friends in the eye and said, I don't know how to be still. Like, I, I just don't know how to sit and take it. And like, I needed to learn that. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's from there, like, all of these, like, lessons and, like, this stuff come from, right? So, uh, it's until we face... Something terrible. So I tell my like I tell my younger brother, but we need to get you this heartbreak quick. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like get it out of the way early so that like, all the lessons can come afterwards, yeah, yeah. right? Um, it's terrible advice, but for me it was the reality yeah. of life, right? Um so you ask these questions about how, how do we, how do we I'm like, some of you guys gotta get your heart broken, bro, but yeah. then the violence comes out of that. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, especially right, yeah, that's true. I wonder if like it also depends on who's around you and these life changes happen. Mm-hmm. Like who are the men around, around you? Like, who are, who are also the women around you? Like, yeah. Who are the people around you? When you go through such a like tumultuous period in your life, where you can either act in a violent manner or like you can decide that fam, I'm not taking that route. Mm. Like, yeah, who 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 helps you along that path? Because yeah. we can't do it by ourselves. It's not an easy thing to do by yourself. Yeah, Violence okay. is so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> natural. It's, it's so important. much easier. Yeah. Man. Anger is so much easier. It's it's like true, yeah. So like, who has been around you to say, Marcus, I love you enough to not let you choose violence or anger? Right. So I think um first, even going back a little bit, kind of to your point about like not wanting to blame older generations, but also acknowledging that it's true, right? Um, when you kind of start off in the world, it's like a baby or like whatever, right? Like you don't know anything literally, mm-hmm. right? Your entire reliance of knowledge is on what the people who are here before you are mm. going to teach you or like what they're going to transfer onto you and like just make you consider to be normal. So definitely the way that you're raised, the things that you're taught are love are kind of the things that you go on in life and like believe. And it's kind of like there comes that period where it's like you're willing to make that sacrifice for yourself and say, okay, you know what, like I need to stop and like actually fix this and I like get through this entire period. You value yourself enough to say, I'm going to do this for myself. Right, you're you're willing to do this because you think it's a good investment in your number one priority yourself, and you go forward and you do that. But then the thing is that um, you're still kind of spending so much time on learning before you start like trying to learn something new, right? 
So I think we do have a huge responsibility and like we can identify these things and know where it's coming from because we do need to acknowledge that it is coming from somewhere. And our job should be going forward, trying to make it so that whoever comes next doesn't have to first go through that period of unlearning. Mm. Let's actually start off on a much better, you know, a much better start and like actually grow from there. Because even through the unlearning, then you, you know, realize what the problem is, you fix it. Then there's a whole period of growth. And like if that period of growth started much earlier, you could be much further along in your journey at this point in time. So it's kind of like a waste of time, but it's like definitely acknowledging that, you know, this is kind of where this thing came from. As far as like people around me personally um i think it's it's hard because um i've been lucky enough to actually i I am in a relationship i'm lucky enough to to be in one for like a few years now at at a point where i do recognize this person as an individual who has chosen to make sacrifices i see the sacrifices every day right it's like people are not easy to be with like Mm -hmm. nobody is like easy to just i'm just gonna you know whatever no effort whatsoever but it's like the constant willingness to continue that relationship and to keep it going and to just be present all the time, like through whatever. Like when you get to a point where you're vulnerable with your partner, where you can talk about literally anything, you fully appreciate that because like there is nothing that's going to happen that I'm not going to be able to tell my girlfriend or like discuss with her. So having that security, having that person has definitely been like a huge aspect of like getting through this entire thing. So that has definitely been a huge um, rock for me. And I think um, just generally, like, obviously, people always kind of lean on family because that's kind of like the default, right? Like, family is always around. But family relationships are not always, you know, clear-cut or, like, clean or anything. They typically are problems. But um, just kind of focusing on kind of, like, um, breaking it down from the bigger family to even just, like, your siblings. Like, okay, well, here's my sister my or, like, a, a younger sibling, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, my little sister is, like, these are people that I care about that I want to protect and I want to do better for. So... Um, even without having them support me, like I want to be stronger for them. And in that sense, like, you kind of build that community of like, you know, friends, people that you see that you just kind of want better for the other person. And like transferring that selflessness that you would, you know, make that sacrifice for yourself to be better. And like seeing somebody else is valuable enough to make that sacrifice for them as well. Willingness. I, I love that you mentioned willingness to make sacrifice. And what do you think you have to give in return to maintain your partner's willingness? Because willingness can run out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a (laughs) great question. Um, Again, like I said, I think human beings are not designed to be alone. I just feel like it's it's a fact. I think that people just kind of need other people, regardless mm-hmm. of what you think. Um, so what am I giving to, to keep that willingness? I, I think it's like, it has to be a thing of reciprocating the same um, sacrifices or like love, basically. If somebody is willing to do whatever X and Y for me, then I should be willing to do the exact same mm-hmm. thing for them. It has to be a thing of an even share 50-50. And that is kind of where the problems with like patriarchy come in, where like, men feel entitled to like, maybe I'll get 80%, 70% of the share. Like I want some higher percentage of this relationship mm. than the other person or the person, the other person deserves less. When you truly value the other person and you're willing to see yourselves as equal, it's like both people, but I mean, like you're, you're getting into a commitment for an extended period of time, you know, like however long that's going to be, it's some period of time of your lifetime that you'll never get back. Mm. You're both sacrificing 
betting on this relationship or like willing to invest in this relationship, if you can actually recognize that somebody else is doing this thing for you, a person, an individual mm -hmm. who could have easily done something else, it's like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to keep you happy because you keep me happy. But it has to be a give and take. It has to be a 50-50 thing. You have to be willing to do that. And in doing so, like, you just naturally, you see someone willing to do this for you. Okay, well, I'm willing to do this for you. This is the things that you like. Mm. I'm going to do the things you like because you do the things that I like. And it just has to be a give and take, I think. Was it ever hard to, like, in the beginning or at any point in time to be as willing I think it's it's definitely foreign in, in the beginning, right? Because like it's not something you're kind of prepared for. And growing up in in this age where you're exposed to like so many opinions online and social media, there's kind of like a pre-wiring to the way you think and the way you approach things. It's like even when you get on Twitter and like like back in the day when when it first started happening, when people were always like men are trash, men are trash. Like in the beginning, I used to be offended by it, not mm -hmm. necessarily because I was um, disagreeing with it, but because it was like am I trash? Like, am I, mm -hmm. am I like, am I inevitably going to be trash? Like it, it kind of was like a, like a predestined, mm. you know, label. It was like, no matter what, all men are going to fall into this, you know, category eventually, like it's just a matter of time. Um, so I think like, but obviously over time I, I've, I've seen, I see that can be differently now. I see it as like the same way. Like I'll be like, you know, white people are racist. Not every white person is racist, but obviously majority enough yeah. of white people are racist that like that broad blanket statement is true so that is like different there but i, I think like in, in the beginning like um you kind of it's foreign so it's like it's kind of hard to accept at first it's kind of weird because um your idea of relationship is not really that 50 50 you're trying to get there but that's not where you start off because you've been told that it's not supposed to be 50 50 you're growing up in a world where every example of well not every but like probably most examples of this love that you've seen haven't exactly been 50 50 it's been a man and it's been a woman um for those heterosexual relationships and you know it's like definitely there's an adjustment period and i would mm. say it's definitely hard in the beginning but i think that's why it's really important to work on yourself first like i said before and actually identify that this might be a problem for me and this is how i'm going to go in and tackle this thing because i think we don't not many people take the idea of relationships seriously enough to make that commitment ahead of time and like do that work ahead of time before you get into it people kind of jump in and like think I'm gonna figure this out. Yeah, you don't always get the time to do that, right? Oof. Don't always get the time. That <coughs> regrets. I'm alive. Oh man, yo, that like, I I love I love you know saying that generally the models of relationship that we see don't exist in like even playing fields right we see oppression yeah. so we model oppression literally like and so that's what makes it initially hard in the beginning and sometimes that difficulty like wrecks the rest mm -hmm. of the relationship you're just on maybe unwilling or just like not seeing what should be or could be different and like i'm just thinking like like going forward like are we able to maintain more of a of an even playing field, like a like to be able to model that so that like people coming after us don't have to go through that again. Like it's, right. because it's it's not cool. Like, it's yeah. not fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody enjoys that period, right? If you do, man. <laughs> Trouble. Get that checked out. <laughs> can, can I say something to that regard? Because like, if we're talking about um, what we're doing moving forward, like how you create mm. change, how you balance things yeah. out and whatnot, like, I've heard the arguments that like if, if things are one way at an extreme, mm-hmm. which I would say that's kind of like where we are right now right like even in your body language you said it's men and women yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. you didn't say men and women like right. your body language right. subconsciously was like yeah. this right um so if, if things are at an extreme you kind of have to swing the other way mm-hmm. for a period of time for things to kind of balance out like, i've heard that argument yeah. before and like, like that at first my reaction to it was kind of like i don't know maybe you kind of mm-hmm. have to like slowly you know, you can teach people, you can have multiple conversations and whatnot. And like, I find that often, you know, people model on oppression and they don't even know it's oppression mm. modeling, right? And that's kind of like what we're talking yeah. about. Like, how do you perceive love, right? Right. And one of the notes we made is men perceive love one way, women perceive love another way. But really, like men are perceiving love and women are receiving oppression. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's Ooh. like, what's the balance there, bro? Right. Like, yeah, there's, like, no yeah. Idea. there's no balance. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no so, balance. It's so like, you really do have to send that shit swinging yeah, the other way. Right? Absolutely. You have to, bru- with brutal force, educate people with like, that's my position now, right? I'm almost like militant about it just based on like, you know, I mean, a lot of times we've talked about this, like, oof, some of this, coming up with this was so traumatic for, mm. I don't know, I can't speak yeah, for you, but for yeah, me, because yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I've done that. Yeah, ask me some very hard <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, like yeah. Ooh, I've been that guy yeah. for so long, like, what, 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 and I think it, it really mm. has to, like, you're, you're, we're talking about here, has to aggressively go the Definitely. other way, yeah. especially for the people that are coming up, because you're saying, like, you lose that, um, opportunity of growth, right? Because you, you spend all this time on learning, yeah. you really could have just had been Literally. growing naturally okay so um you're a great conversation so far guys like this has felt like five minutes but we've been going at it and i appreciate that i appreciate all the honesty all the vulnerability you know, first of all, trying to define love in the ways that we understand it, you know, making that connection between love and power, I think was like super key and like definitely change how I look at it going forward. Uh, but then we also like allowed ourselves to talk about personal relationships, to talk about like oppression and how we have been given that model in society. You know, again, that's, you know, imagery of white man, black man, black woman is that model of oppression that we've been taught. We want to be able to level out that playing field so it's not like drastic. But then you also said it means we have to like swing to the other side, right? Like when we like, I think that's what that feeling is when we hear men are trash. It's the swinging to the other side, right? Like because we have to say that loud enough so that the language that we use to speak about love starts to sound different, right? Like so we're not just hearing. No, all men are good. No, not not right. all men, because then that starts to exclude the shitty behavior that happens, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it it gives way to it. So I want to like ask as we as we wrap up now is like that like this language that we're talking about that we're learning as as young young black men here, young African, young Nigerian men is like how do we like how do we want to change how we communicate it? Understanding that communication is not just speaking. It's speaking with 
the intentionality that this person I'm talking to understands me and that like I'm also speaking to them in a way that they understand. Right? Like it's not just I'm not just speaking English to you because I want to. I know you understand English. In an accent, I know you understand. <laughs> in a dialect, I know you understand. Mm-hmm. If as I speaking like what is this place in Canada? Oh my god, Nova Scotia. Like when their <laughs> accent is so different, like you wouldn't grab now. Mm-hmm. So like how do you like how do you want to be consistent with that going forward? Is my question. Right. To both of you. I'll go first, I guess. <laughs> so um I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done because like for you to even mention those things about like speaking in like the right speaking the right language, speaking the right accent and dialect and all that stuff, it's like there is some work on your part that has already been done to like actually go in and like actually find out what is the right language, mm. what is all this, right? There's a lot of learning that needs to happen. And I think we need to be willing to expose ourselves to that reception of knowledge because again, it's like with the change of perception and like how we see things like men are trash, like you know, the person that I was in the beginning of that is not who I am now. There's a constant growth and a constant learning and the, you know, change of opinions. And you have to be willing. And I think that is like the mm-hmm. key part. It's like you need to be willing to invest in actually learning these things and like changing your behavior and like seeing things differently. I think platforms like this are excellent for like, you know, doing exactly that, like making it accessible to people. But it has to be a conscious decision on the on the part of the person who is honestly at fault to like recognize these things and like try to change um so there's definitely like a a huge huge aspect of like learning that needs to go on there and i think it's like yeah this willingness to to again make that sacrifice to be better for somebody else you need to actually Mm -hmm. be willing to do that and um yeah it's a huge part of that thoughts questions comments concerns i would just say like learn how to put your ego to the side um, because I think if you're in a place where you're communicating, you're already, there's already somebody else in, in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're leading with ego, you're not hearing anything. That's my personal challenge. Okay. My personal challenge, right? Um, so when I hear you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's me. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'm speaking in my language and my language alone, mm-hmm. whether you understand it or not. I've said what I said, figure it out. Yeah. Um, and that's really just leading with ego. Um, so if like, and then obviously attach myself, you know, I remember that this is somebody that I like and yeah. enjoy and it's, and it's like, okay, but you know, that takes, that takes practice, right? Um, so it's, it's to find a way to not lead with ego or with a bruised ego, maybe, mm-hmm. um, or with a, a hurt ego, like an ego that thinks that they're better than, or like, mm-hmm. best, yeah. all of that, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, it's def- definitely a lot of like self-reflection and like willingness to accept the facts because i think that reminds me of when you first put up you had like an instagram poll one time talking about like how do we create safe spaces for black women and i said something like you know we need to create unsafe spaces for yeah yeah, know, yeah. Like, for like for like misogynistic or like you know black men Ooh, yeah. in, in the sense of like um because if you want to live in this like deludery reality that like you're never really wrong it's the same way you go out and you call a white person or you say like white people are racist and they're like defensive like no no this is not true this doesn't exist you're making this whole thing up <laughs> i feel like a lot of like black men are in denial of the fact that like there is a huge element of misogyny and patriarchy that we are all dealing with as men in general but even as black men specifically it's different it's like it's it exists in its own form and 
the first step to that is like that acceptance that like this is actually a serious issue that actually does exist seeing it being spoken about and being willing to accept it and like learn from it is a huge part of that but that doesn't exist if we keep lying to ourselves that it's not mm-hmm. an issue or it's not a problem so the first step is acceptance <laughs> and then like willingness to like actually change again like going back to those same themes right so i, I think that is like a definitely huge part of it just like coming forward and saying like stop being hung up on Oh, I don't like when... Because, like, Twitter is kind of ridiculous. Again, we're back to Twitter. Because, like, you see people complaining about things like, um, oh, like, whenever a, a woman comes out and complains about something serious as, like, sexual assault or, like, feeling unsafe and, you know, around black men, somebody will come out and say, oh, gender wars. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, completely ridiculous thing to say because it's, like, here's somebody, like, expressing a reality, a truth that is actually their own lived experience. They have every right to do so, and they're justified because what they're saying, we know it to be fact. Like people like to play dumb, but like, we know that this is actually a thing that goes on. It's actually a thing that mm. happens. But it's like, are we so caught up in like our own egos that like, we're like, no, I'm just gonna deny this entire thing, <laughs> or are we gonna like go forward and like you know actually learn from that and do better? So it's definitely a decision that needs to be made, but also a recognition of the problem itself, and like stop trying to be so offended by the fact that the conversation is happening and like rather just jump in and participate sorry for all those random sounds sorry for the calls um willing you have to be willing to participate you don't want to hear a woman's point of view and immediately label it gender words because it sounds like a defensive mechanism to immediately to dismiss it and minimize the problem so that it doesn't shed light on the parts of you that probably yeah. like empower that mm-hmm. oppression, right? Like, like dog, like, are you really willing to shed light on it? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's gonna suck, right? It's gonna be painful because, like, it's, it means that you have to like be willing to like look at yourself in a different light. Um, and there was a question that we had, and I'm going to just turn it from a question into a statement. You know, like, did anyone watch Lovecraft? country country <laughs> yeah. or county or country 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 <laughs> um the as the actor the main actor's dad who ended up being gay mm. right but he had hid it for oh, so yeah. long yeah and towards the end of the season he talks about having to you know forget parts of himself in order to be this dude's father mm-hmm. like he had to hide the tender soft parts of himself to be a man and like I wonder if you like reverse that and it's like what parts of this man are you willing to forget? This men that we are right now that society has upheld, what parts of those men are we willing to forget so that like we can start to speak differently? We can start to listen better and like again put aside ego. Those like I'm I'm not I don't want us to answer that. <clears throat> but like that's a question to the to everybody listening, right? Like what parts of yourself are you really willing to forget and like to push aside for the sake of better relationships, like better communication, like more a more effective you, right? Like a better like for the world, so that fifty years down the line we're not still having this exact same conversation. So that the same way we say, you know, America has made pictures from civil rights movement black and white to make it seem so like long ago where there's people that who are alive who are still alive today but they don't want it to seem that way they want to make it seem ancient Mm -hmm. like we don't want to be doing that in like 
You don't, I don't want someone to take this tape and play it in cassette so that it seems ancient. <laughs> <laughs> it's not VCR, ancient, right? Like, we talked about this in 2020. Yeah. Fam. Like, and I understand the change takes time, but like, what parts of you are you willing to forget? Um, that's it. That's Thanks it for me. Thank you so much, Marcus. Thanks for having me. Yo, great conversation. Thank you for Lauren. <laughs> Thank you, S, behind the camera. This is like the end of the season yeah and we're drinking yeah. <laughs> um, this is the end of the season thank you guys so much um i really really appreciate all the vulnerability all the honesty the reason why we do this is so that people that look like us and live similar lives to us like, hear these experiences from us and that's like that was the main reason why this was started um rest in peace to Salah. this came because of the violence that that really, really made me that made me want to forget the part of myself that wanted to brush that away, right? Like, so that it didn't really happen because, like, now it means I'll start, like, focusing on the violence towards black women and that means, like, I have to have this conversation that means you have to set it up, but, like, we did it, right? Like, because I don't want that to be an excusable action anymore within my sphere of change, at least, you know? Um, so yeah, thank you guys, man. I'm, I really, really appreciate the journey and you guys for coming on. Have a great night. Cut it there. <laughs> <laughs>